This podcast is a production of Faith Living Church. If you like what you hear, join us for church sometime in our Plantsville, Connecticut location, Saturdays, 6 p.m., or Sundays, 9 and 11 a.m., or online anytime at faithlivingchurch.com. Good morning, and happy Thanksgiving to you. And that is an appropriate statement to make 365 days out of the year, to be honest with you. Uh, <clears throat> our guys did a great drama there, the singing, oh, just going to help us to get in the, the right frame of mind today and help us to get our priorities uh, uh, right. Uh, <clears throat> and I really want to talk about something that seems to have nothing to do with Thanksgiving, but it really does. I'm going to talk about, let's see, here's a word, um, Stuck. <laughs> How many of you here have ever been stuck in, in a car or on an elevator or wherever, you know, we find ourselves to, to get stuck, you know? I, I've been stuck. I could tell you stories and stories uh, about that. But I want to talk about <clears throat> being stuck in the negative. Anybody here ever got stuck in the negative? <laughs> Negative mindset, negative attitude, you know, negative words come out and things like that. I'd like to talk about that just a little bit. Um, how many of you have ever seen these new improved mouse traps that have this sticky sheet that you put down? Anybody ever seen those? Well, I want to paint a picture of it for you, okay? If you've ever used them, for the mice, they'll run across it and their feet get stuck. And they'll try to push with the other foot and it gets stuck. And they push their nose against it and it gets stuck. So when you come and find them, they're just like all over the place. I meant to bring one here with the mouse in it so you could see it. <clears throat> it's terrible. It's miserable. It's terrible and miserable for the mouse, especially. And I know you're thinking, oh, 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 well, think about it. I want you to think about it, okay? I really, really do. When you get stuck in the negative, that's what you're doing. You are missing out on so many of the blessings of Almighty God. I don't know if you know this song. If, if you know this song, you can sing it along with me. I learned it as a child. It goes like this. Gloom, despair. Agony on me, deep, dark depression, excessive misery. If it weren't for bad luck, I'd have no luck at all. Gloom, despair, agony on me. <clears throat> oh, thank you. Oh, thank you. Does anybody know where that song came from? Hee-haw. Hee-haw. Boy, we have some old people here. <laughs> exactly, you know. But there's a lot of people who have that attitude, you know, the gloom and despair. And I'd like to read one verse in Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. And it says, finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of a good report, if there is any virtue, if there is any 
thing praiseworthy, meditate on these things and therefore be stuck no more. Because when you're stuck in the negative, when you say a negative word and when you think of a negative thought, I pray that God brings back to you this picture of these mice stuck on this little sheet. When you're going, hopefully, boom, it's like, oh, I'm like one of them little mice stuck on this little thing here, you know? And it's miserable and it's terrible, right? We need to think about the positive things. We need to, uh, you know, look at the bright side of things instead of just being stuck on the negative. Uh, A mystery of our culture, we're the most privileged and prosperous people who've ever lived on the face of the earth, past or present. Yet many Americans aren't happy. We have more of everything, and yet we're not content. Therefore, we are stuck in the muck of ungrateful. Stuck in the muck, in the mud, in the rut of just ungratefulness and when you're ungrateful I want you to visualize that little sticky trap with all them mice on it okay I know some of you are like complaining already I wish you'd stop talking about those mice you know (laughs) anyhow you know a thankful heart changes things a thankful heart can cause the simplest of dinners to become a banquet a thankful heart does that Uh, here's an interesting verse It's in Psalms 33, verse 1, and it says, good people, and in most translations I read that, it says, godly people, you know, godlike, like Christian, it's like Christlike, but godly people cheer God. Have you ever actually cheered God? Think about that for a moment. Well, they they do stuff like this at football games. They have cheerleaders and all. So I'm going to try this right now with you guys, okay? And y'all please help me out. So I'm not too embarrassed up here all by my little self. But what I want to do is like, uh, give me a J. J. Give me an E. E. Give me an S. S. Give me a U. U. Give me an S. S. What does it spell? Jesus. What does it spell? Jesus. Who do you love? Jesus. Yes. Okay, give yourself a hand. Feeling better already, you know. But the scripture does say that good, godly people, they cheer God. They cheer him. I mean, what he has done for us is so much more fantastic than winning a a ball game. Not that there's anything wrong with that. It goes on to say here in uh, Psalms 33, it says, Right living people, right living people sound best when praising. You don't sound so good when you're complaining. Have you ever complained? Yeah, you don't sound so good, okay? But right living people sound best when praising. Use guitars to reinforce your hallelujahs. Play his praise on the grand piano. Invent your own new song to him. Have you ever invented your own song? The Bible advocates you to do that. And what a wonderful time when you get up and you pray. And and, and you just sing your prayer to God. It says, invent your own new song to him and give him a trumpet fanfare. 
And when I hear that, I think of the football game when they have that trumpet out there. And then what do they say? Charge. Yes. Give him a trumpet fanfare. You know, now reading that passage there, it doesn't sound like being stuck in the muck of the negative. That sounds so positive, that passage right there. Listen to what it says here in Psalms 77, verse 3. It says, I complained. Now, I asked you a while ago, but I'm going to ask you again. How many of you have ever complained? Do you have a tendency to complain? Some of you are saying, I wish you'd stop asking that question. You know? <laughs> that means you, okay? I complained and my spirit was overwhelmed. means my spirit was snowed under, weighed down. I complained and I was stuck, stuck in a rut of complaining, stuck. Remember that little sticky trap with the mice on it, you know? When you complain, that's where you're at. You're not going to feel so good about things when you're stuck there. You know what complaining does? Complaining amplifies our frustrations. You understand the amplified? Hello? It amplifies my voice, a microphone. But when we complain, it makes our frustrations even bigger. Is that what you want? I don't think so. Complaining amplifies our frustrations. It spreads discontent and makes us miserable. Complaining invites Satan to cause havoc in our lives. Now, what I'd like to do, Susan and I had this great privilege to go to Nantucket for a couple of weeks this, this past fall. And, uh, you know, I, I love the sand and driving on them and, you know, all that kinds of stuff. And we just happened. This is not something that was staged. This just happened while we were there. And Susan is my camera person, you know, there. So I just want to show you. That's where we got this picture from, to be honest with you. Uh, so let me show you this old video clip, and then we'll talk about it.
Well, we was just getting ready to turn out on this little <clears throat> road up here. There's an awesome Jeep. He came through here and he got stuck. They didn't have a shovel, didn't have any gear. So they were digging with their hands, trying to get it unstuck. But I gave them a shovel and then I got these uh, Max tracks. And you dig down a little bit and you put it under the, the tires and you can just drive right out on top of it. And that's what we did. Then to come to find out he was not using the resources that he already had. He was driving in two-wheel drive when he actually had four-wheel drive, but it was not engaged. So if you got four-wheel drive, you should engage it. It was fun though helping people who are stuck to get unstuck. Now that just happened, and uh, since we started ministry, we love driving around when it snowed and getting people unstuck. And these little things right here, these are called Max Tracks. And uh, you can drive across, if you got an eight-foot hole like this and you can put it across, you can drive your car right across them. And it'll pull you out of the mud, out of the, the sand, out of the snow and all. And we love getting people unstuck from things like that, but mainly getting people unstuck from other things that bind them and hinder them in their life. I don't know if you noticed it or not, <clears throat> but for the most part, when that Jeep, and, and we watched it happen, when the guy got out there and he just buried it, and then the two girls got out and had to do the digging. <laughs> there was four guys. I went over there, and not one of them ever spoke to me yet. They were embarrassed, you know. <clears throat> and you know what? Being embarrassed can keep you stuck. Did you know that? The guy who had the uh, khaki short, I mean, uh, trousers on, he was a ranger. I'd already met him the day bef before, and he told me not to go out to the lighthouse because the sand was really bad, and they'd had storms out there, and I'd get stuck. And then he would have to call his friend to the tune of $500 to come out there and, and get me unstuck. <laughs> As soon as he left, I went on out there anyhow, you know. Because <laughs> I got this little box right here full of little special things to get you unstuck. And uh, it's, Lord, we just ask you to help those people in need. We hear the siren off in the distance. Somebody's in need. Might be somebody we know. <clears throat> and we ask that you'd help them help the responders to get there and assist the people who's in great need. And we ask that you draw them all unto yourself. Father, we ask you for a miracle for them. In the name of your son, Jesus Christ, amen and amen. But you know what? We get stuck in things sometimes, and hard as we try, we can't get out. And lots of times, we have access to us a wonderful, wonderful promises, you know? Like that guy had four-wheel drive in his Jeep. Never did use it until after the fact. And I don't know if you saw what Susan and I did before we went out on the sand, you know. My, my tires run 40 pounds of air normally, and you have to let a lot of that out down to 15 pounds of air. Your car will be going, stuck. And they have a sign, and it's 100% accurate. If you don't let your pressure down to 15 pounds or lower, because when you let the pressure out, your, 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 the bottom of your tire 
gets bigger. It gets a bigger footprint. And you can drive over the sand. You don't know how many times we talk to people who are stuck. It's like, did you air down? Huh? What? You know. All you got to do is just let the air pressure out, and then they can drive. There's a lot of resources that God gives us and teaches us. You know, airing down, I, I relate that to humility. You know, getting lower, humbling ourselves. And it's just like, wow, it's hard to get stuck when you air down. <clears throat> it really is. You know, these ropes, it's got elasticity to it. You can hook it up. I could hook it up to that Jeep. Instead of using these max straps, take a running start, and it just goes, pops them right out. But we get stuck in so many areas of our life, and sometimes we stay stuck. That's what we call addictions, and we stay stuck with a negative attitude, and we stay stuck with fears and worries and anxieties and all. And God has made provisions for us to get unstuck and to stay unstuck. He really has. Uh, <clears throat> let me read you a couple of verses here. In Psalms 50, verse 14, it says, Make thankfulness your sacrifice to God. Make thankfulness a sacrifice. You understand a sacrifice? I don't really feel like saying thank you. But when you say thank you, even when you don't feel like it, that's a sacrifice. And it says, Make thankfulness your sacrifice to God. And keep the vows that you've made to the Most High. And it says, and then, when, when you say thank you, even when you don't feel like saying thank you, you got a flat tire or you're stuck and you say thank you. Because see, right here, this is my max tracks here. I just want you to remember this word, thankful. This is thankful. And here's... Some more thankfulness. And if you get stuck, and if I put these thankfulnesses down under you, I can get you unstuck in a heartbeat. I'm telling you the truth. But if we're not thankful, we're going to probably stay stuck. And remember the mice on the trap, you know, over there? The scripture says, make thankfulness your sacrifice to God. Verse 15 says, then call on me when you are in trouble or then call on me when you are stuck and I will rescue you. You hear that? He says, then when you're thankful, when you put these things under your tires with thankfulness, then he will rescue us. Whatever you're stuck in, in your life, become thankful. Well, I don't have anything to be thankful for. I can just see you like a little mouse on that little trap, you know. But if we'll choose to offer it in the supernatural, because see, it is natural to complain, isn't it? It is. But complaining don't help you. It just digs you in deeper. But the giving of thanks, he says, if you'll give thanks as a sacrifice, verse 15 says, then call on me when you are stuck, when you are in trouble, and I, God says, I will rescue you. Verse 23 says, giving thanks is a sacrifice that truly honors me. And if you'll keep to my path, I will reveal to you the salvation of God. Now, gratitude always spoils life. My notes wrong? Gratitude always spoils life the same way sugar spoils cake and cookies. I didn't finish, okay? Hold on. 
Calm down, all right? Gratitude always spoils life when left out. Same way sugar always spoils cakes and cookies when left out. So we need to remember gratitude. When you're stuck, you know, let's just say you get stuck this winter, okay? And you call me up. We go, Pastor, I'm stuck. Can you help us out here? You, you know when I was helping that guy? That's me there. When I was helping those folks, this guy here is a park ranger. While I'm helping him, you know what he's telling them? He says, I got a friend in town who will pull you out for 500 bucks. I'm, I'm not exaggerating. And, and I'm telling him, it's like, I'm free, you know. And the guys were just embarrassed, you know. Are you stuck right now? Jesus will so much set you free. He really will, you know. A thankful heart enables us to praise God, no matter what the circumstances are. So if you call me, Pastor, I'm, I'm sorry, can you help me get out? I'll go, are you complaining or are you thanking God? My max tracks here, they're called thankful. And if you're not thankful, well, we can't use those. And you're going to be stuck forever. No, we need to learn <clears throat> to operate in the supernatural. Anybody can fuss and complain and be negative. Anybody can do that. You know, even a rat can do that, you know. But when we choose to operate in the supernatural, it's like, I'm going to thank God. I'm stuck right here for a moment. But I'm going to think, I got a flat tire. Maybe it kept you out of an accident. Is that possible? It surely could have. So we thank God in the midst of whatever's going on, you know. Listen to this statement. If tomorrow's provisions depended on today's giving of thanks, all the blessings that comes your way tomorrow, if it was dependent upon all of your giving thanks today, how much would you have tomorrow? If you're giving thanks, you're going to have a lot of stuff tomorrow that God's going to take care of. But if you're complaining, it's just like, oh, man, it's kind of a barren day tomorrow. Think about that. Colossians chapter 4, verse 2 says, Pray diligently. <clears throat> Stay alert with your eyes wide open in gratitude. Is your eyes wide open in gratitude? I'm, I'm just looking for something to thank God for. Are your eyes wide open in gratitude? I'm just looking. Lord, it was raining today, but it could have been far worse. We could have had a hurricane, right? Some of you already told me. It's like, this could have been snow. I like this day. This is beautiful, you know. It's all about your attitude. And some people are just stuck negative. You know, here comes brother so-and-so. He's going to have something negative to say, you know. Or sister so-and-so. And I just picture this rat trap, you know. You know, stuck up in there. But if we'll choose to operate in the supernatural <clears throat> and offer the sacrifice, Jesus offered a fantastic sacrifice of himself because he loved us so much and he rescued us. And we can offer the sac sacrifice of giving thanks. We really can. Behavioral scientists tell us that if we do something consistently for 21 days, it will become a habit. Hmm. There's five simple ways to build your Gratitude muscles. Before you go to bed at night, write down three things that you're grateful for and don't make them obvious things like, I'm thankful for my family, <clears throat> for my home, for my pets, stuff like that. 
Number two, you know, on the way to work, these are things you can try. Notice three to five things that you're grateful for along the way. Even if you're stuck in traffic, there's some other things you can be grateful for. When you're at work, notice a few things about your job, your boss, your coworkers, your company that you appreciate. <clears throat> a lot of people don't do that, but you can. When you're out running errands or doing chores, see if you can find gratitude for one or two things in the process. When you're doing something you don't like to do, find at least one thing to be grateful for in the process. See, thankfulness is a sacrifice that you make. Did Jesus really want to go on the cross? Did he really want to be beaten and then nailed to a cross? Did he really want to? Because he prayed, said, Father, if there's any way, deliver me from this. And then he said, yet not my will, but your will be done. He made a sacrifice. And when we say, I, I'm going to make this sacrifice, I'd really rather be complaining here, but I'm going to thank you, Lord. Listen to what it says here in 1 Thessalonians 5, 16. <clears throat> always. Until the end of time. That's always, okay? Always be joyful. Keep on praying. Always. Verse 18. Y'all see verse 18? Not yet. Can we read it together? No matter what happens, always be thankful. No matter what happens, you get stuck, be thankful, and you'll get unstuck really quick. You get stuck in anything, and you just complain and groan and bellyache, you'll stay stuck a lot longer operating in the natural, but you can operate in the supernatural, put in four-wheel drive. Or you can allow somebody to put their little max tracks under your tires and pop you out in a heartbeat, you know. We need to make a choice. I'm going to live in the place called thankful, you know. There's some people who don't make that choice, you know. But we must be thankful to get unstuck in lots of areas of our life, you know. <clears throat> now, all things aren't good. That's true, correct? All things that happen in our life are not good. But we can still give thanks in the midst of it because what I know. Does anybody know what I know? I, I, I quote it almost every week. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love the Lord and are called to his purpose. And I can tell you one thing, absolutely positive. God's purpose for you is not to be stuck in the ungrateful, but he wants us to always be thankful. And when you and I choose to be thankful, all things are going to work together for good because we love him and are called according to his purpose. That's just the truth of it, you know. All things aren't good, but he'll work them together for good. You ever heard of Willie Nelson? I don't know much about Willie Nelson. I've heard a few of his songs and all, and I don't know about his relationship with God or nothing, but I do know he made this statement a few years ago. Willie Nelson said, when I started counting my blessings, my whole life turned around. That is true. When we start counting our blessings and being thankful, it changes, it transforms our life. If you're that little rat stuck on that little trap and you start thanking God, you go, oh, wow, that little paw is free. 
Oh, my tail is free now. My other little feet are, my nose, my whiskers are free. You start thanking God, you'll get unstuck. I'm telling you, it will happen. It's something that you can do. But when we're always blaming it and complaining, blaming somebody else, we're going to probably stay stuck and miserable for a very, very long time. Let me go back over here to 1 Thessalonians. We already read it, but let me read it again. 1 Thessalonians 5.18, it says, No matter what happens, no matter what happens, good, bad, indifferent, no matter what happens, always be what? Thankful for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. No matter what happens, be thankful. You know, you get stuck and you're just using thankful. Boom, pops you right out of being stuck. That's just the way it is. Now, does anybody know who wrote the Christmas Carol that had Scrooge in it? Charles Dickens. Let me tell you what else he wrote. It's just a little paragraph. Charles Dickens said, we're somewhat mixed up here in America. Instead of having one Thanksgiving day each year, we should have 364 Thanksgiving days. And use that one day that we usually use for Thanksgiving and use that one day just for complaining. Take one day and complain all you want, 24 hours, and then be thankful the rest of the year, okay? He said, use the other 364 days to thank God for the many blessings that he has showered upon us. I dare you. I double-T-dog dare you to try it. (laughs) To be thankful, 364 days. Take one day and just complain all you want to and then be done with it until next year. It would transform our lives if we were to apply such a thing to our lives. It really would. Psalm 69 says, verse 30, I will praise the name of God with a song. I will praise the Lord. I will praise the Lord. No matter what tomorrow brings or what it has in store, I will praise the Lord. It says, I will praise the Lord. I will praise the name of God with a song and will. Is that verse up there? That's Psalm 69, verse 30. It says, I will praise the name of God with a song. Is it up there? And will magnify him with the same way a microphone will magnify a voice, same way a magnifying glass will magnify a little something and makes it really big. When you and I are thankful, we magnify God, which allows the rest of the world to see him easier and to hear him easier. You, if you're a complainer and you just got something negative to talk about, you do not magnify God. You don't make people see him easier or hear him easier. You magnify the devil, you know. When you're a complainer and you just got something negative to say about everything, you know. Some of you are thinking right now, I wish you'd stop talking about that, you know. That's what I'm talking about. But the scripture says, I will praise the name of God with a song and will magnify him with thanksgiving. Oh, wow. Well, that's amazing. To magnify God so other people can see God more clearly in this world 
when I thank him, you know, and, and, and they can see him and they can hear him much more clearly when you and I choose to operate in the supernatural and be thankful. It says we'll magnify him with thanksgiving. Mm. Colossians chapter 2, verse 6 says, My counsel for you is what? Simple. My counsel for you is simple and straightforward. Just go ahead with what you've been given. You receive Christ Jesus, the master. Now live him. I've received Christ. Now, now, now live a life that he's given. Uh, in 1 John 2, 6, it talks about if we say we're a Christian, we should walk and we should live just like Jesus did. If, if we call ourselves a believer... In Christ, he says here, my counsel for you is simple and straightforward. Just go ahead with what you've been given. You receive Christ Jesus, the master. Now live him. Verse 7 says, you're deeply rooted in him. You're well connected. You're deeply rooted in, in Christ. You're well constructed upon him. You know your way around the faith. Now do what you've been taught. And you know what? He has taught us throughout his word to live in this place called thankful. Not be stuck in the place called ungrateful, but to live in this place called thankful. Now, I know some people, honest to goodness, who are professional students. They're in their mid-40s, even 50s, and they're still in college. It's not that they went back years later, but they just enjoy college. You know, so they stay as a college student all their life, you know. There comes a time in our life when we start needing to start doing what we've been learning, what to do, you know. It says here, let me read it once more, verse 7, you're deeply rooted in him, you're well constructed upon him, you know your way around the faith, now do what you've been taught. (laughs) School's out. I wish I had a big bell to ring right here, you know, but I forgot the bell. He says, school's out. Quit studying the subject and start living it. You know, you study, you study, you study. Now apply it to our lives. We, we've heard what the scripture, and that's just a little drop in the bucket, how much the Bible talks about giving enough thanks. But he says, quit studying the subject and start living it and let your living, let your living spill over into thanksgiving. Let your living spill over into thanksgiving. Choose to spill over into the supernatural. You want to operate in the supernatural? Or you just want to operate in your limited natural self? When you choose to give thanks, it ain't natural to give thanks when you don't feel like it. But that's when it's a sacrifice. And that's when it magnifies God. And that's when after you are giving the thanks, it says then you can call upon him when you are stuck and in trouble and he will rescue you. That's what he promises. We've already read those verses a while ago. And then it says here in 1 Thessalonians 2.13, it says, we never stop thanking God. Now, I want to ask you a question, but please don't answer out loud. Have you stopped thanking God because something happened in your life and, and, and you become negative and you're stuck there and you can't move forward? And it comes, it's like, you know what? Thank you, Lord, for being there to forgive me and to help me through these issues. And thank you that there is a real heaven and Thank you, Lord. There's so much you can thank him for that will get you unstuck. It really, it really will, you know. 
So we don't want to be stuck for the rest of our lives. Feeling gratitude and not expressing it is like wrapping a present and not giving it. You need to express your gratitude through the Almighty God. Psalms 138, verse 1 says, Thank you. Thank you. It says, Thank you. Everything in me says thank you. My lips and my teeth, my tongue, my vocal cords, my face, my chin, my ears even. My hands are saying thank you. My feet are saying thank you. He says right here, he says thank you. Everything in me says thank you. Angels listen as I sing my thanks. Thank you, Lord, for saving my soul. The angels are listening on it. Thank you, Lord, for making me whole. Thank you, Lord, for giving to me thy great salvation, so rich and free. He says it right there. He says, thank you. Everything in me says, thank you. Angels, listen as I sing my thanks. I kneel in worship, facing your holy temple, and say it again. Thank you. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your faithfulness. Do you think those two verses have a theme behind it? (laughs) Thank you. You know, a truly grateful heart changes our focus from getting a blessing to becoming a blessing. I'm going to tell you something. You know where the Bible says it's more blessed to give than to receive? I have more fun getting people unstuck, and we do it on purpose, than I have in getting stuck. You think it would be more fun helping people get unstuck? Or would you rather be the one who's stuck and needing help? And I'm not talking about just in the sand on the beach. And I didn't tell you, that tide was coming in. They only had a short period of time. You see that tide there? That tide's coming in. They had limited amount of time to get out before the salt water came up into their Jeep. A lot of destruction available to you, you know, when you're stuck. It really is, you know. If you are grateful, say so. Thanksgiving is only half said until you have done something to show your thankfulness. There was a missionary to India... He was traveling to a city, and he stopped to speak to a man beside the road. This missionary stopped and talked to him, and he talked with the man for a little bit about Jesus. And then having to travel on, he gave the man a few pages of the Bible in the man's very own language, which he had never read the Bible, never even knew there was one before. The Indian read the pages and was thrilled to learn about Jesus. To show his gratitude, the man measured the footprints that the missionary left in the sand and made him a pair of moccasins. And he then traveled 200 miles. He walked 200 miles to give the missionary his expression of gratitude. He said, I made you these for sharing about Jesus. He walked 200 miles. The missionary's life was enriched by the gift, but the Indian man was much more enriched because, enriched because he had expressed his thanks about learning about Jesus. Have you ever tried to give 200 miles of thanks? Would you ever do such a thing? No, why do I waste my time? Here's a guy who learned about Jesus. 
He made a pair of moccasins for a missionary, and he walked 200 miles to give this missionary a new pair of moccasins. You go, well, that's just so it's almost how much does Jesus mean to you? Think about that, you know. I challenge you to try it, you know. We'll only be a better person when we express our gratitude, you know, even if it took us a 200-mile walk. Think about that. It's, it's just amazing when you think about it. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 57 says, Thank God he gives us victory. He gives us what? Thank God he gives us victory over sin. You ever been stuck in sin? You're stuck in sin. You're addicted to sin. You can't get it off of your mind. You can't get it out of your mouth. You can't get it out of your, your arms. There's all kinds of ways to be addicted to sin, to be stuck in sin. But it says, thank God he gives us victory over sin and death. How? Through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, we thank him because he gets us unstuck from sin and unstuck from death through the Lord Jesus Christ. So we can thank him forever. We always got something to thank God for. And then another passage here in Philippians 2.13, it says, For God is working in you. I don't know if you know it. I don't know if you feel him doing it right now. God's working in every one of you. You guys watching online, you guys in the balcony, you guys downstairs in the cafe, God's working right now in you. He really is. And listen to what he says. For God is working in you, giving you the desire. Sometimes we have a desire to be unstuck. Sometimes we have a desire to do the right thing, but we just don't get it done. But it says, for God is working in you, giving you the desire and the, the power to do what pleases him. And I'm telling you, it pleases almighty God when we just start our day saying, thank you for another day. Thank you for another day. Thank you for everything that comes our way. You don't have to thank God for bad things, but you can thank him in the midst of it. You don't have to thank God for the spare tire, but I mean the flat tire, but maybe that tire saved you in your family's life because you wasn't on a road where there was an accident or something. And we don't know all the details, but we do know that God loves us and he cares about us. And he says here, for God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. And it sure pleases him when we say thank you. Verse 14 says, do everything. What percentage is everything? So what does everything mean? Everything. Okay. That's a pretty simple definition. Everything means everything. He says, do everything without. What was that word? Do everything without complaining and arguing. Because when you complain, you get stuck. When you argue, you get stuck. And when you're prideful, you stay stuck. And those guys were not the ones who got them out. It was the two ladies. When I said, hey, y'all need some help? The guys just stood there like this. We don't need no help. The girls are digging us out, you know. They would have never gotten out, though. But the girl said, we would appreciate. They humbled themselves. The Bible says, for God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. Do everything without complaining and arguing. Because that's what gets you stuck. But when we humble ourselves, say, thank you, Lord. 
in the midst of this. It's like, boom. Somehow, some way, when you begin thankful, you get unstuck pretty quick. Pretty quick you get unstuck when you begin to thank the almighty God. So, are you living in the place called thankful? Or are you stuck in the muck of ungrateful? Think about it, you know. <clears throat> Find a little thing I want to share with you, a little story. According to this legend, a young man, while roaming the desert, he came across a stream of delicious water. The water was so sweet, so he filled his leather canteen so he could bring some back to a tribal elder who had been his teacher. And after a four-day journey, he presented the water to the old man who took a deep drink. He smiled warmly and, and thanked his student lavishly for the sweet water. The young man returned to his village with a happy heart. Later, the teacher let another of his students taste the water. He spat it out, saying, It's awful. It apparently had become stale because of the old leather container it was in. The student challenged his teacher, says, Master, the water is foul. Why did you pretend to like it? The teacher replied, You only tasted the water. I tasted the gift. The water was simply the container for an act of loving kindness and nothing could be sweeter. Heartfelt gifts deserve the return gift of gratitude. Is it possible you could say thank you when something tastes bad but they work? How many have have a child make something for you or cook something for you and it's like, oh, that's delicious, honey. You know what I'm talking about? You wouldn't break her heart because she was just trying to be a blessing to you. So the giving of thanks is not always what you think it is. But we need to give it because then we give the sacrifice of thanksgiving and now we can go to God and ask him to help us and he will help rescue us every time when we're thankful. All right, we're going to close just one moment. Uh, but I need, can I borrow one of those pieces of paper right there? The little, yes, weekly challenge here. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. And what I'm going to challenge you to do, this is your weekly challenge. It says, I am determined not to complain for the rest of 2019. It's not a whole year. It's just a little over a month, okay? If, well, I'm going to try it. I am determined not to complain for the rest of 2019 that's more than 21 days, and according to the scientists, they say you can establish a new habit in 21 days. I'm determined not to complain for the rest of 2019, but to give thanks instead. If that's you, thank you, sir. You got another one? Yeah. Okay, I'll just keep this one, okay, for the next service there. I want to challenge you to take the challenge. So if, I'm not going to complain. My mama used to say, oh, you don't have something good to say, don't say nothing. And people can say, well, you know, so-and-so and so-and-so, they haven't hardly said a word this year, you know. <laughs> That's a good thing, you know, if, if you normally go negative and all. Now, next week, we're going to continue on this theme about being stuck. There are so many things, fears and anxieties, and uh, there's things that are harmful to us that we're stuck in. But I got this little box right here that weighs about 50 pounds. It's got all kinds of little things in there that I use to get people unstuck with. Those little max tracks are one of the best, you know. 
But I got other things that I use. And even if I did get myself stuck, I can get myself unstuck. But on a spiritual level, it's so much more important. Jesus specializes in getting us unstuck. He really does. And that's why I want to pray for you right now to let Jesus forgive you of all your sins of the past and then let's just move forward in a very positive and a very thankful way because what he's done for us, the sacrifice he's made for us when he went to the cross, shed his own blood to get our sins forgiven. Let's just reaffirm our faith here today. Or maybe you've never declared your faith before. I would ask you to join me as we pray and declare your faith or reaffirm your faith. Everybody, you guys watching online, upstairs, downstairs, let's just get things right between us and God. So if you'd bow your heads with me right now, I'd like you to pray this little simple prayer along with me. Would you pray? Dear Heavenly Father, I believe that you love me. I believe the best is yet to come. I believe that Jesus came, died in my place, paid for all my sins. I believe that Jesus rose from the dead and that he's knocking at the door of my heart. I open wide that door and I welcome Jesus inside. Thank you so much for loving me and making such a sacrifice. Help me to become thankful. Help me to stay unstuck from all the things that try to hurt me. Help me to go free and help me bring freedom to other people. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you.